Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And thank you so much for joining us, as you always do, on our podcast, no matter how you're listening to us. Thank you for being here on this Thursday evening. And thank you for joining us on this venture of video podcasting, too. We're just getting used to it. So we hope that you are enjoying it. I'm sure it will get a little bit more technically uh, involved as we continue. But uh, for the time being, we hope you enjoy it the way it is. And uh, I'm joined by my Good friend and co-host Anne DeSantis this evening. How are you, Anne? Great, Bill. It's good to be here, and I'm excited about this series. Yeah, me too. It really is mm-hmm. uh, hard to believe we're on number two already, but uh, it's a ten-part series on uh, how to grow in faith. Right, so that's uh, one you know a, a wonderful uh, series to talk about. Wonderful uh, things to talk about in here, and I know we're going to talk about that personal relationship with Jesus tonight because I think it's so important to have a relationship with the person of christ uh if if we don't um it's it's kind of hard to grow in our faith so uh you know i i I know you got some awesome resources to help us get started so i'll turn it over to you and uh let you kick it off here yeah bill thank you again and i always like when we do these series because the series are all about how to grow and so we came up with this topic of 10 ways to grow in faith So Bill and I are on the air twice a week. We're on Tuesdays and Thursdays at at 6 p.m. Eastern time every week. And so we're on on the number two podcast for 10 Ways to Grow in Faith. And I'm referring to an article from CatholicMissionaryDisciples.com. The article is called A Personal Relationship with Jesus and the Catholic Church. And when we hear that phrase, a personal relationship with Christ, sometimes we think of our evangelical Protestant brothers and sisters that talk so much about that. And this article is referring to the fact that it it is a phrase that we can use, and it is an important encounter and a relationship that we as Catholics can also experience the same exact thing. 
And the article says that both sides have a point. We can't have a personal relationship with Jesus on our on our own terms. It has to be on the terms of Jesus. And I'm going to quote the catechism because I think that's a good place for us to reference. Uh, the CCC number 143 says that by faith, man completely submits his intellect and his will to God with his whole being. Man gives his assent to God, the revealer. Sacred scripture calls this human response to God, the author of revelation, the obedience of faith. So I didn't know if you had anything to say on that bill, because I do think that as Catholics, uh, our relationship with Christ is also you know, it's exactly what we do believe. We believe that we need to have that personal encounter with Christ, but it's an everyday thing. It's not a once and done, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think a large piece of it is to remember that we are having a relationship with a living person. You know, so often, I think, in our Catholicism and I think it's waning now. I think we're beginning to see a, a changing a little bit. But oftentimes you talk to people um, of a certain generation, uh, you know, who grew up in uh, the, the 60s or before the 50s, even the 40s. Uh, so you're talking to grandparents. And, and when you talk with them, um, oftentimes they, they don't, you know, think of having that personal relationship with Christ as being a part of their faith journey. But for, for, we have to remember as Catholics that it's not just all um, ritual, because a lot of the way, especially I'm thinking of my, you know, my, my mom and dad, they were trained very much so in you know a you know by by an order of nuns in in school and they were you know told certain things about the faith but didn't necessarily develop that relationship with Christ they were told okay you know all these different rules that they had to follow and this is what it meant to be catholic but it it wasn't necessarily like okay you know what here's the reason why Here's the reason why we have the sacraments. It's because Jesus desires to have that personal relationship with you. You know, I mean, I often say we have the best personal relationship with Christ because he gets to dwell inside of us in the Eucharist. There's not another religion on the face of the planet that believes that their God is physically present on the earth, which we do. Right, like we believe that he is body, blood, soul, divinity present in the tabernacle. He might not look like a person. He he might look like a piece of bread, but that's not true. What's true is that it's his body, blood, soul, and divinity residing in that tabernacle. And so, therefore, we believe that that Jesus is physically present with us. And we, and not only that, he loves us so much that he wants to dwell inside of us. You know, I think about Eucharistic adoration. I know I mentioned this on last week's episode, you know, to maybe or last time's episode, just to go to Eucharistic adoration for five minutes, you know, a, a week, if you're trying to get back into the spiritual, you know, realm of things and it's beautiful, but, but think about the fact that you, when you go to Eucharistic adoration, you're sitting in the front pew and Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe 
is sitting no more than what, like 15, 20 feet from you. If you're sitting in the front pew, you know, looking at the altar, like that's incredible. And then uh, he takes it one step further than just, okay, there I am dwelling, you know, in this tabernacle or there I am dwelling in this monstrance. No, he then says, I want to be, become part of you. I wish to dwell inside of you and your heart in communion. And so I just reflect on that and I go, well, how can you not have a personal relationship when, when, a, when, when God himself wants to dwell inside of you and talk with you and be with you throughout the course of your day? There's not another religion on the face of the planet that believes what we believe. You know, you, you, you can go through them all. There's not one that says our God is living, alive, and not only just, you know, staying in these tabernacles uh, to, be, to be adored and worshipped. He is actually loves us so much. He loves us so much that he wants to dwell in us, within us. And uh, so that's the reason why the Eucharist, I think, is held in such a high regard. But it's also about the personal relationship. And if we, um, you know, don't understand that we don't understand that we can't um well, then we can't have the personal relationship so you know take the time to really develop that personal relationship as a catholic i think with the eucharist is a great starting point um because you know as you say your prayer after communion he's physically dwelling inside of your body um and you can talk with them about, you know, I, I, I think we all think, okay, we got to sit there and say, you know, our father and hail Mary, and we ought to, you know, do these certain things. Right. But I, I say, let's just have a conversation. Like we're, like we're friends, like, and, and like, you're my God, my redeemer. And here are my needs. Here are my problems. Let's have that conversation right then and there. And I think that that will, you know, jumpstart your personal relationship with Jesus, but absolutely you have to do it on Jesus's terms. It's not going to, you know, you, you can't do it on yours. You got to do it on Christ's terms. So I, so I like how that article pointed that out. Uh, you know, we can't have a personal relationship with Jesus on our own terms. It has to be on the terms of Jesus. Um, so that means that we have to kind of listen to his voice and say, okay, th these are the ways that we can, um, you know, commune with one another uh, through, the, through the sacraments, through the, through the magisterium of the church and what the teachings are. Uh, it's not just this willy-nilly relationship that has, you know, no structure. So, um, you know, I think that that's super important too. Yeah, Bill, thank you. Great reflections there because, you know, the Eucharist is really the greatest gift that we've received as Catholics uh, from God to us, which is the real, as you said, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And we have that opportunity, as simple as it seems, we're receiving uh, a piece of bread, which, which, is really under the auspices of a piece of bread, right? It's not a piece of bread. It is Christ. And that's what we believe. And I know that there's been studies in recent years that a lot of Catholics don't believe that, don't understand it, and don't really accept it. And I know that in this, the sixth chapter of John, the bread of life discourse in the Bible, a lot of Jesus followers walked away because they didn't understand that either. When he said, this is, is my body you know, this bread, this, this is me. And, and it's an everlasting gift for us when we receive it. And, um, and I know for myself, I mean, I go to Sunday mass and, and try and attempt to go to daily mass as much as I can. 
And I tell you, Bill, when I do it, it does make a difference, you know, because it's that pausing in the day to say, you know what, I have a lot to do, but what's more important for me is to take the time in receiving Christ, if I'm able to. Now, not every, you're not always able to do that. And there's other ways that we can pray and get close to God, right? I mean, and we're going to talk about all of those during uh, during this podcast, this 10-part series, all the different ways that you can get closer to Christ and grow in your faith. But one of those ways is that personal relationship with Christ. And I just want to refer again to the article. Yeah. Uh, the, the person who wrote it was referring to his wife. And he says that when I was dating my wife, I wanted to spend as much time as I possibly could with her. Why? Because I wanted to know her personally. I wanted to know what she liked and what she didn't. I wanted to get to know her pet peeves and what her passions were. I wanted to know everything I could about her and how, and to make choices that showed her I loved her. Think about that. That this is what happened when you. This is what happens when you love someone. You want as close, intimate, and personal of a relationship as you can. Appropriate to the kind of relationship it is, of course. And so I think that's something for us to ponder too, is that, you know, Jesus wants to have that personal relationship with you. He wants to know what's going on in your life. I mean, he already knows, but he wants you to talk to him about it. He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to trust him. And, and when, it, when you talk about growing in faith and ways that we can grow, I think trusting God, is a big part in that relationship with, with Christ and developing that personal relationship with Christ. You know, a lot of things happen to us in our earthly life that we may question. We may say, why did this happen? I'm not really happy about this. Uh, and, and that's when prayer comes in. That's when having that personal relationship with Jesus and talking to him about it and visiting Eucharistic adoration, if you're able to do that, if, if your church does, I know my church does, and I'm grateful for that. And, and just staying close to him and stay close to him all the time because, you know, he's not just with us in the church too. I know we're going to unpack that a little bit. He's with us all the time. I mean, he's with us right now, Bill, right? He's right with us right now as we're recording this podcast. He's with the listeners who are listening to it because we, we're pre-recording this one, but he's with them as they're listening. And he's with you in all those circumstances of your life, whether they're positive or negative or those things that you're questioning. And, um, and, you know, part of being a Christian and a Catholic too is community. So, you know, where you're having trouble or challenges or diversity, you know, that's why we're part of community. We have other people, we have friends, we have family, we have uh, the body of Christ uh, and he, and the human family, right. It doesn't have to just be Catholics too. It can be just friends that we know that are in the human family, mm -hmm. that we're all part of creation and we can all love and care for one another. And, you know, Christ is there. He, he dwells in the midst of all of that. So, uh, I don't, I don't know about you, Bill, which I think I'm pretty sure, but I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that Christ shows up in so many parts of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned that he's here right now with us. And it, what's, what's a beautiful quote, and I'm going to not remember where it comes from, where, which gospel it comes from, uh, or the scriptural citation right now, but he says, wherever two or three are gathered, I am with them, right? Like wherever two, three or more are gathered, I am with them. And so it doesn't matter, folks, whether you're, you know, 800 you know, miles apart, like Ann and I are right now, you know, one recording in Wisconsin, one recording in Philadelphia. But um the, the reality is, is that Christ 
uh, is with us because we are together through technology and he is with you right now listening to this because you are with us. And even if it may not be, um, you know, live, uh, like it's not tonight, it's not live, but that's okay because you are still with us and God transcends space and time. So, you know, God is with you and, uh, and he's with us. And that's so beautiful to reflect on and think about. Um, and, and you're exactly right. And, you know, like when, when we participate in the human family, right? Like when we go and we um, commune with our brothers and sisters and we help others and we have a family dinner, right? God is present. God is present at all of that. And I think oftentimes we forget that. And I know that there's a song and I don't know the name of it right now, but um, there's a, there's a song out there every once in a while on Christian radio right now that I listen to driving around the car and you go, and it says something to the effect that you love me even when I'm at my worst. And it's, that is so true. You know, Christ is the only friend that is going to be there 100% for you in every way possible. You know, he is the, he's the only person that can understand you completely because he created you. And when you allow, and, and, this, and, and I know you touched on this and, you know, when, when, when you allow Christ to have part of your life and talked about it, he knows everything. He knows everything you've done today, everything you're going to do tomorrow. And, um, you know, what's going on and all the anxieties and worries that are running through your head at this present moment, he knows it. But when you share it with him, right. When you, when you say, Hey, Jesus, this is what's going on in my life. You know, and, and again, it doesn't have to be this formalized ritualized prayer. Yes. That has to be part of our prayer life. I'm not saying that doesn't have, you know, that's not important. We need the rosary. We need uh, to go to mass. We need to have devotions like night prayer and evening prayer and uh, liturgy of the hours. And we have to do those things. Examinations of consciences. Those are all incredibly important as part of our faith walk and faith journey. And maybe we'll do an episode on, on just that, on, you know, how, how to develop and, and cultivate a life of prayer. Um, but the reality is, is that we don't have to, do that every moment of our faith life and our relationship with Jesus. If all we do is wrote prayer and we don't move into the heart, then how can we have the relationship, right? I mean, Jesus knew this because he pulled everybody together for, for her last supper, right? Like it was fellowship. It was an incredibly important fellowship, but it was fellowship. And I'm sure that as they sat down to dinner, there were probably some, you know, you know, a few jokes told, a few hugs had, you know, picture Thanksgiving dinner, right? I'm, I'm sure that's what happened because that's what people do. That's what people do. So we have to have that type of relationship with Christ. And, um, you know, the, the best place to start, I can't tell you where the best place to start is because guess what? Your relationship with Christ is your relationship with Jesus. It's not, it's not mine, you know? So, so I can't tell you to have 
my personal relationship with Jesus because that doesn't make much sense, right? If I say, and you've got to have my personal relationship with Christ, you have to know Christ exactly how I know him. That makes zero sense, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be that personal that personal relationship. And he created you to, as an individual. You get to have your own unique relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I mean, think about the variety of uh, people, personalities, places, things, uh, the world, that everything that God has created. I mean, it's really incredible when you think about it, um, that if you do believe in God, as we do, right, as Catholics, that we believe in, in, uh, in God and we believe in Christ and, and we believe in the Trinity and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And we believe that God is with us and he desires that relationship with us too. And so that's really what this podcast is about is the fact that it's a desire of God himself that, that he loves you that much. And wherever you are, you know, he doesn't call us to be perfect right now at this moment in our lives, but he calls us to something greater and he gives us the tools to rid ourselves of sin and the, and the dirt that kind of comes on us through life, through the bad things that happen to us and the bad choices that happen too. And so in that same article that I was reading, um, the person who wrote the article, which is from catholicmissionarydisciples.com on a personal relationship with Christ, he says that the same goes with Jesus. If you are a Christian, you're called to have a close, intimate, uh, personal relationship with him. In other words, nobody else's faith can get you to heaven or make you holy. It has to be your own. Faith must be freely chosen by each disciple of Jesus, thus making it personal. We need, we need not be afraid to use such language. So it's Catholic language when we say that we have a personal relationship with Christ because every person is different. And yeah, and God knows everything that's happened to you and he meets you where you are. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, I've had kind of a tough uh, year, a tough, tough life. I don't feel so close to God. I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, that doesn't matter because God will take you where you are and he loves you. Um, he just asks you that you walk with him and he provides those sacraments of the church for you to get closer to him and to be able to walk that walk even closer because that's what the sacraments are. They're really gifts, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Say when you go to get to the sacrament of confession, where you get to unload and release all of those things that have happened to you and all these, the vice and the, and the sins and the bad decisions and just lift them up to God, then you can be a little lighter on your journey with him. And, you know, that's what it's all about. So it is personal relationship with Christ, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, and I want to point out something else that kind of leads into this article a little bit further down in the article here just another paragraph down, and I think you touched on it, Anne, mm-hmm. is that it says to intellectually know Jesus, to know about Jesus, or to have a movement of the emotions, to feel good about Jesus isn't enough. Remember that even demons know about Jesus and that at times we don't feel good about Jesus. We have to take up our cross. This is why we must choose Jesus in faith. It is done with an act of our will. And, and right there, that's a beautiful you know, insight because – we we often hear okay to know to know about Jesus right like have I read my Bible do I know the facts okay do I know the charisma you know that Jesus you know suffered died rose again like okay we've heard that when we're in kindergarten we understand that 
but that's not enough. Or to have the movement of the emotions to feel good about Jesus isn't enough. Like, you know, when we listen to the worship song in, in the car and we're, you know, rocking out to Mandisa or some other, you know, Christian artist, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is so much fun. And then we get out of the car and we're like, oh, well, that's over. That You know, it, it, it can't just be an emotional experience. Um, so we, we also have to have an act of the will that chooses Jesus. In faith, and I and I love that we must choose Jesus in faith, and um, we don't always know what that looks like, right? As you mentioned, Dan, it's you know it, we 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 may never get it per we, we 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 might not get it perfect, right? We might not be perfect at our relationship. He's not calling us to that. He's just calling us to say yes, right? Um, he's calling us to say I I choose you. I want you. As a friend, I want you as my Lord. I want you as my Savior, and I want you to walk with me. Uh, and so, I, again, I just think, um, again, remember, it's not just about feeling good, uh, and it's not just about knowing the facts of who Jesus is, right? Um, because, <laughs> yeah. because, because, again, you know. There are plenty of people out there who know the facts and have had these um, emotionalism experiences where it's just whippy. Now, now, look, I'm a member of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I have been since I was 16. I understand um, what it means to have an emotional response to the person of Jesus. That's not something we're talking about. It's you know, having an emotional response to the person of Jesus is a beautiful thing, and it and it, and it can lead to conversion of heart. What what I'm talking about, and where this article is going with that emotion, is is simply like baseless emotion, right? Like like when you go to a concert and you and you leave feeling, oh yeah, man, that was that was you know great, and then there's nothing behind it. You know, there's nothing behind that emotion other than just that temporary fleeting emotion of when Jesus was really awesome man did you see him do that look over there you know i watched him at this conference you know uh, i you know i you know i watched that really amazing speaker they were they were incredible they were on they were on fire but it didn't lead me to deeper faith it just was that person's awesome so who are we worshiping we're not worshiping jesus we're worshiping the emotional experience of you know being told to feel good about it you know, so that they're they're two different things, and um, I I just encourage people if they have had a experience like that where you've you've gone and you've been like, oh man, I'm this was amazing, and then nothing followed. It's it's because it wasn't rooted in the person of Jesus in your heart. Not necessarily a speaker on stage. A speaker could be completely on fire for Christ in his own life. But, but him making you feel good about the person of Jesus is not the same as you being converted and moved closer to the heart of Christ. So uh, I, just, I just encourage you to reflect on that and then see, okay, how do, how do I use these conferences and use these experiences to actually grow in faith when we have to take up our cross, right? Um, I, I uh, one of the things I wrote in my on our most recent book at the at the end of the 
at the end of the foreword or the end of the um, introduction was something that I heard at a Steubenville conference. And it, when it was this, because I've fallen into that trap before, folks. You know, I, I've, I've fallen into that trap. I, I've done it. Um, I, I wrote in there, and it was something I heard on stage at a Steubenville conference. He said, he said, roller coasters might be a whole lot of fun, but they end where they begin. <laughs> You've gone nowhere, right? That might be a whole lot of fun. High, low emotions, amazing stuff. You've gone nowhere. You get off at the same spot. Don't let that be part of your faith life. I think that's what um, the, you know, the, this article is talking about is don't let that be just, you know, just this empty um, knowing about Jesus or feeling so good about him that we uh, don't engage with Christ and become closer to his heart and become friends and, you know, with him. Oh, I, com- I agree. I agree with you, Bill. You said a lot of things that are cause for uh, for really deeper understanding about what it means to have that personal relationship with Christ. Because when you talk about the charismatic movement, I'm familiar with it myself, and I was introduced to it quite a while ago, uh, probably the early 2000s, um, when I was in my 30s. And, um, and it really helped me to to feel God, if that makes any sense. Because when you're with some people who are praying together in the Holy Spirit, and they might have some kind of a word of knowledge where you really say to yourself, wow, God was speaking through that person. And, and it is a beautiful thing. But I will say this, it can't end there because uh, life happens and the cross happens. And that feeling of, you know, wow, you know, that feeling of, closeness in the moment with other people where you feel so connected to the people that you're with and you're praying with and you're maybe being a little vulnerable too that happens because when you when someone prays over you they lay hands and then you start to tell them some things about your life some things about your situation uh you know there's a lot of um uh open sharing that goes on sometimes in those charismatic prayer meetings and and i have seen a lot of wonderful things a lot of uh, even miracles happen sometimes but I really do think that that personal relationship with Christ is just that. It, it's going to be something that comes to you personally inside your own heart. It might not be when you're with a group of people and praying in, in, in with a, a group of five or 10 people. It might be when you're all alone. It might be when you're at church and it might be when you're not at church. It might be when you're going through one of the hardest times of your life and you don't have anybody around you, but God is there with you. And I learned that in my own life too, because I think when we go through some kind of suffering, some type of adversity, uh, and and we're calling out to God, where are you? I need you. Uh, I know that's happened to me more than once in my life. And I have to say for me personally, that's when I probably felt God the most in my life was when, when, when I was kind of left to myself to pray, to ask God for help. Um, It doesn't always happen when you're with that group of excited people who are praying in a charismatic prayer at a meeting. Like I said, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Um, and it also reminds me of when my daughters went to youth conferences when they were in high school and, and they loved it. And the kids would sometimes would, would uh, pass, the, the Eucharist would pass by during the adoration and some of them would fall backwards and, you know, rest in the spirit. And you hear those stories too, where people get very emotionally based but um, we can't let it end there, right? It's not just about the emotionalism of, you know, being around people that are excited about their faith 
And, you know, for that matter too, Bill, I want to bring up the fact, which is something I brought up on the last podcast that I think that same thing goes for Catholic ministry. Sometimes we can get really excited about a large ministry that offers, you know, these uh, very professionally done podcasts where they're all over the place and everybody knows about them. And it sort of becomes a fan club for, you know, that Catholic speaker, author, or, or um, ministry. And, 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 you know, that's a beautiful thing, but it's really, honestly, I don't think that's what it's about. I don't think Christ would want it that way. I don't think that, um, you know, he, he always talked so much in, in scripture about the importance of reaching to the lonely, the outcast, those who are not really accepted by everybody else. So um, I just want to mention that too, because remember that in the Catholic church, it's not like the rest of the world. It shouldn't be where it's all about popularity and how many likes you get and, you know, how polished that speaker was and things like that, because sincerity of the heart is something that God sees, isn't it? And I think that's an important thing for us to think about too, because God knows your heart when it comes to uh, that personal encounter with him. Uh, Let me just read, if I could too, from that same article from Catholic Missionary Disciples is a quote from our Holy Father. You know, he has a lot to say about mission and about personal relationship with Christ. And he says that let the risen Jesus enter your life, welcoming him as a friend with trust. He is life. Up till now, you've kept him at distance. Step forward. He will receive you with open arms. If you've been indifferent, take a risk. You won't be disappointed. If, If following him seems difficult, don't be afraid. Trust him. Be confident that he is close to you. He is with you and he will give you the peace you're looking for and the strength to live as he would have you do. And I think that's important because everybody, I mean, I don't care who you are. We've all had times where we didn't feel close to God. I I know I have. And sometimes when I'm really, it's when I'm really frustrated or tired or sick or lonely or something that I question my relationship with God. But then he proves to me later on in some way that he was with me all along, even when I was feeling that distance. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's beautiful too. And I think one of those words in there that you spoke from Pope Francis was take a risk. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really beautiful. Um, you know, we, we all, we all felt, as you mentioned, you know, far from God at different points in our lives. And, you know, I, I know that there's certain times in my life when I feel distant, you know, from, from God. And sometimes, sometimes it's, it's moment by moment in the same day, I can have a, you know, distant moment from God, feel very distant. Then I can feel very close. Um, And, and, and it, and it happens right uh, to us, but the, the beautiful word of take a risk is something that I don't think a lot of people like to hear, right? Like we have to step out of the boat like Peter does sometimes, right? Like we have to, like, I'm not going to be sure if Jesus is going to be there to, to catch me. We know that he is, you know, intellectually, but, but maybe our heart isn't there. And we're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to have that boat moment. I've got to step out onto the waves and say, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to go to you, Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to be my safety net. Right. And 
as Pope Francis said, you won't be disappointed. I, I used to tell my dad all the time when I would um, go back from uh, re retreats that I was leading for kids, uh, you know, confirmation retreats and whatnot. Um, I, he'd, he'd always say, how, how, how was it? How was the weekend? You know, did, did, did kids have a conversion of heart? Did you, did you see him? I said, I said to him, you know, I always used to say just one line, our God does not disappoint, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, our God does not disappoint. And so if, if you trust him completely and that's not easy, right? It's not easy. Those, those words of, you know, that are on the bottom of the divine mercy image, Jesus, I trust in you are some of the hardest, hardest words to say. But if you can say them and you say, Jesus, I trust in you. He is a safety net that will never fail you. Uh, and you will not be disappointed. Are you going to have suffering? Are you going to have pain? Are you going to have bad days? Are you? Yes. If you're looking for, if you're looking for numbness, you're looking in the wrong place, right? Like if you're looking <laughs> to walk through life numbed up by some, you know, elixir or some, you know, drug, you, you're looking in the wrong place because as we said earlier, Jesus is like, okay, we're going to have those moments where we have the cross, but he's not going to disappoint you with the ultimate re reward really, which is, which is getting to heaven, <laughs> you know, um, you might have to go through the cross, but you're not going to be disappointed at the end of your life. I promise you, you won't be disappointed at the end of your life or, or be like this, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like that. And right. They, they, they have a lot of regrets at the end of their life. Oh, you know, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have been more, you know, I, you know, I wish I would have spent more time at church. I wish I would have, you know, prayed more. I wish I would have done all of those things. Well, I can tell you that if you take the risk and you do it now, and you work on that personal relationship with Christ right now, starting today, you won't be disappointed when it, when you come to your last breath, you won't be, it's not going to be devoid of all the suffering, all the pain. Life is going to have plenty of that, but you're not going to be disappointed when you reach heaven. Well, thank you, Bill, because you know, that's what lasts, right? I mean, um, we, my family here, my husband and our family here suffered a couple uh, family deaths this past summer. Both of my in-laws passed away. God bless them. Wonderful people. And you realize that when you lose people that you love and that have been in your life for, for a long, long time, and some of, some of us for forever, you know, since they can remember, uh, you also realize that, you know, when we're living our lives, sometimes all of us, and I, I think all of us go through times where we struggle with, you know, who is in charge of our lives, right? Because we can do all these things to prolong our lives or do, you know, try to make money and, and pro try to uh, take care of our families and, and look good in the process, right? All that. But at the end of the day and at the end of our lives, God has that final say of when's the last breath. And I know that my own mother-in-law, God rest her soul, wonderful woman, uh, used to always say that, 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 you know, God was in charge God, and that God had the final say of when you would take that final breath. And I think that's a good life lesson for all of us when it comes to personal relationship with, with God and with Christ, because 
Uh, the lessons that we learn from good people, people who have virtuous lives, right? They're things that we take with us forever, aren't they? When you know someone in your life, Bill, I know your grandmother died over this past year. Um, the, the virtue of their lives continues on and, and that relationship that they had with Christ also gets instilled to us because we see that importance of the, that they put Christ inside their lives. And, and so I think that's a good life lesson for all of us. Um, let me just reflect an, on one more quote here from the Holy Father, Pope Francis. He says, being a Christian means having a living relationship with the person of Christ, Jesus. It means putting on Christ and being conformed to him. So being conformed to him, when we look at his life, okay, when we have a personal relationship with Christ, now when you spend time with somebody, you start to conform to them, don't you? And when husbands and wives spend a long time together and, and brothers and sisters and friends, we start to kind of conform in many ways for the good and for the bad. But when we conform to Christ, we're conforming to not only the good things that he did, which he was very uh, healing to others. He, he, he brought healing. He brought love. He brought comfort. He brought salvation. We can in our own way, we can bring some of those things to other people that we know, right? We can bring love and comfort and even salvation through Christ by praying for them and offering up sacrifices for people during our lives. So I don't know what you think about that, but I do think that that conforming to Christ is a really big part of the personal relationship with him. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I think about conformity too. Uh, is, you know, that's a dirty word in our society too, right? Everybody, you know, we, we want to be individual here. We, we'll be individuals. We'll do this. We'll do that. Everybody do your own thing, right? Um, but there, there's something about conformity that's, that's so important. Um, it's, it, it really is like, you know, ants, the, sm the small little ant creatures, right? And we can do so much more when we follow one another, when we conform our lives to the person walking in front of us. And, it, and if the person walking in front of us is uh, Jesus and we follow in his footsteps, we have strength that we can't even begin to explain to the world, right? Like it really is like those little ants, right? Like when you watch ants march, and there's that Dave Matthews band song about ants marching. Um, listen to it. And, and it's an insightful song, actually. Um, you know, talking about everything that these, uh, you know, people conforming, conforming, conforming and how bad it is. But what, what's, what's incredible is, is that what Dave Matthews misses is the point that when we conform to the, to, to, to the saints and, and to Christ and those people who have walked this path, when it comes to lifting the heavy leaf or the heavy branch, it's, we have a strength when we come together, when you watch two ants carry a big leaf across, you know, uh, on, on the discovery channel, you're watching and you're like, wow. Right. They, they have this ability to, 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 um, you know, read each other and, and, and conform to one another. Right. the, they build these elaborate cities. I mean, I remember I used to have an ant farm as a kid, 
they, they build these elaborate cities underneath the sand, right? And they do it through watching and following the person in front of it. Um, and so con conformity uh, is something that I, I think is, again, very, very shunned by our society. Uh, they say, oh, you know, you have to be your own person and go and blaze your own trail. And in some ways you do like, you know, some things are important like that, you know, living our individual mission for, for Christ, only you can live that. But, but to, but to put him at the front of the line, follow that path is really important. Uh, if, if you don't put him there and you put the other goals of worldly, as you mentioned, worldly success or worldly fame, and uh, you know, earlier in the podcast, like if you, if you, uh, put all that ahead of Jesus and you start conforming to that, it's going to be empty at the end. So um, yeah, putting on Christ, conforming with him, um, that's, that's crucial, I think. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Bill. And that's true. And I think that that's a temptation. I don't care who, who you are, who I am, or who anybody is, that whether you're Catholic, Christian, or whatever you are, non-religion, that that whole idea of uh, what the world has to offer in terms of power, popularity, and pleasure, right? Because there are the three things that people go after, um, power. And even if you're a Christian, you know, there can be power within the church that you're searching for too, which is not right either. Yeah. Power, popularity, that can also be whether you're Christian, Catholic, or non-religion, and pleasure, right? Which is everybody's, you know, temptation to overindulge right in, in some kind of a pleasure at some point um, i want to read another one from uh pope benedict that i just found he says that only in the personal relationship with christ only in this encounter with the risen one do we truly become christians and that's um we'll say pope emeritus benedict the 16th said that so that's when we become christians is when we have he's saying when we have that personal relationship with christ uh, so I think that's good that a Pope said that because that just also underlines the fact that Catholics do, right? We do believe in the uh, personal, in the, the personal relationship, the personal day by day saying yes to God, isn't it? Yeah. And, and moment by moment saying yes to God and all that we do, because, you know, life is not easy and we need God. We all need God. I just want to make a shout out too that, you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast and you're feeling kind of far from God and listening to this and thinking, I don't have that personal relationship with Christ. Now, um, evangelical Christians sometimes have people pray the prayer, right? I don't know if you, Bill, you're familiar with that, like giving oneself to Christ. Mm -hmm. It's a moment that you, you say to yourself, I'm going to leave my sin behind and I'm going to take a step forward to walking with Christ for the rest of my life and accepting him as my Lord and savior. You know, if you're a Catholic and if you believe what you believe as a Catholic, then you've already done that. Meaning that you've been baptized, but you're, you have to make that decision still every day. It's a moment by moment, day by day decision to stay in your mission because it's that baptismal call, right? That's what we believe as a Catholic is that you, you have a baptismal call that you've already been given. You just have to say, yes, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep living this way. And, and, if, and if you've been in some kind of sin, uh, get to confession. Confess your, 
your sins to a priest, give it to the church, give it to God uh, and start fresh because that's what you can do when you get to confession and you walk forward with Christ. But you can do that same thing. You can say that same prayer that from this day forward, you know, I want to give my life over to Christ. But just remember that if you are a person who's really committed yourself and are baptized already, baptized Catholic or Christian, you can certainly do it right, right this second. You can say that you want to take a deeper step forward with Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think doing that is so very important. Saying uh, and recommitting yourself every day to that, right? Um, because... You know, we, we often say, you know, if you're not moving forward, then you end up moving backward, right? It's like, it's like when you're on one of those, uh, you know, escalators, right? If you're, you know, going the wrong way, if you're not, if you're not going, you know, up or you're walking down, you know, if you're just standing there, you know, or walking back down the stairs, you're not going anywhere, right? So I think you really ought to take a look at, you know, how do I recommit myself every day to, to Christ? Um, and let me tell you, I fail at that multiple times, you know, a week. Like I, you know, I, I failed it this morning, but the, the reality is, is that if we, if we in the moment, every moment do our best to choose Christ, I think that we, we, we won't lose. Right. Like, like, you know, we're, we're presented with circumstances all the time, right? All the time that are difficult. There's suffering, there's pain, there's, you know, job loss, there's all kinds of wild things that go on in our lives, sickness, pandemics, uh, they rage on. And, you know, the, I'll just mention that, um, the, the one reason why I chose my wedding readings I chose the the wedding reading of the uh, the house built on sand and the house built on rock because and I tell my wife this all the time. I said the reason why I chose that is because the one constant in the story is not the house. It's not the foundation. It's the storm. Right. The storm mm. is the constant. There's always going to be a storm blowing. I can, I can go through and tell you, you know, my, you know, you know, right now my son is, you know, sleeping. He's in bed. It's great. We're able to re-record, but let me tell you, there's a storm every day here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's, there's bottles to wash and there's, uh, you know, stuff to do and, and, and work to be done. And it's a storm here right now, but I either have chosen to build on the rock or on the sand, right? Uh, and if we build on the rock and if we choose Christ every time that storm, because the storm isn't going to stop folks, it's only going to get worse. You know, I mean, I mean, we, I I've lived, you know, 36 years and I've seen how, how the storm just keeps getting worse. <laughs> if you're expecting it to get better, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not so sure it is in the short term anyway. Right. So the, the idea is that build on the rock and choose Christ in those moments. And that's, you know, you, you, that's how you choose that personal relationship. 
you put him in your boat, you put him in your house, you, you have that relationship with him. You're not going to lose. Bill, so well said. And, and you're right. That storm is a constant, no matter how old you are, whether we're young, old, middle-aged, you know, very beginning of life or very end, there's going to be some kind of storm. And, you know, Christ wants to say to us in that personal relationship, he's saying, I want to be with you with that. Now, I think as Catholics, I think we have to accept the fact that it's not that uh, prosperity gospel, is it? It's not that, you know, I'm going to pray real hard and God's going to send me a couple million dollar check and I'm never going to get sick and I'm going to have tons of friends and a nice house. And, you know, my life is just going to be great. You know, it's not like that. No. You know, when, when you're a Catholic, part of Catholic is universal and you got a job, you know, when you, when you're a Catholic, you got a mission. It's not, I'm going to pray real hard that Anne's life is going to be exactly as she wants it. Cause guess what? My life isn't going to be exactly as I want it. It's going to be as God wants it. Right. Yeah. And it's not going to be exactly as I planned out. I have to accept that. And I think that's part of being a Catholic and a Christian. And I want to say to you, Bill, I have to say, I think you're a great dad and your son is, is just a little over three months old, but you and your wife are just doing an amazing job with, uh, with parenthood so far. I know that's kind of a side note, but I have to mention that when you mentioned all that you're doing there at home. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, uh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, folks, uh, this has been uh, so much. This has been a great episode. One of my favorites, I think. And mm -hmm. so I encourage people to go back and listen to today's episode again, um, you know, wherever you can find podcasts or uh, on our YouTube channel, go ahead and uh, listen to this one again, because I think there's a lot to be said for um, many of the different examples, both you and I shared. And I think it was really good. Mm -hmm. So Yes. Um, awesome. Awesome. Any, any clothing, closing thoughts as we kind of wrap up today? Just one more. I found this quote from St. Bonaventure on the same article from Catholic missionary disciples about a personal relationship with Christ. It says, if you have learned, learned everything except Jesus, you know, nothing. If you learn nothing, but Jesus, you've learned everything. That's St. Bonaventure and, and one of his quotes. And I think that's a good one to end with bill. Thanks for a great podcast. Of course. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, one closing note for me, folks, uh, more of a housekeeping thing is that uh, one of the things we did uh, over the past couple of days is that we did do a little revamp of our website. So I encourage you to head over to patchworkheart.org if you haven't been over there in a little while because uh, it is updated and it's a little more mobile friendly. Uh, so you actually can view it on your smartphone and be able to access all the features that we intend for you to be able to access. Um, so that's a blessing. And uh, just encourage you to check it out uh, with, you know, a, with, with whatever time you've got to check it out in the midst of the storm. But uh, folks, uh, we really do appreciate you and Anna's appreciate you as always uh, for being here and uh, being with me on this podcast. See you all next time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.